Let's pray together. Father, thank You for our time of worship this morning. Thank You uh, for reminding us through uh, worship, through testimony, uh, that You are still alive and well. You are still moving in the lives of Your children. You are still speaking through Your Word and speaking to hearts regarding uh, missions and, and even the things in our daily life, Lord. And so now uh, give us ears to hear uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit what it is You want to say to each one of us through Your Word this morning. And then, Lord, not just to hear it, but then to apply it, to be doers of the Word, as it says in James, and, and again, as it says in James, that we will be blessed. We'll be blessed in the doing of Your Word. So, so thank You, Father, for Your Word. We love You, and now I ask that Your will be done. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. It was interesting, uh, as Susan was uh, sharing uh, the title, again, I mentioned it just a minute ago, the title of her, her sharing was God Spoke, right? God Spoke. And, and I thought of this verse, Hebrews 1.1. It says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. So, so God has spoken, right, in the Old Testament, through the prophets. Sometimes it was through a, a vision, sometimes in supernatural ways. Uh, we know today he primarily speaks through his word, right? So, so you kind of hear this phrase, you know, and she even said it, God spoke, right? And in Matthew 16, we saw last week that the Lord himself spoke, He's walking with his disciples. He decides it's time to tell them what's going to happen as he winds down his ministry as they're heading to Jerusalem in Matthew 16:21, It says, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And last week, we, we asked the question, you know, and, and I'll phrase it in, in, in Susan's terms, When God speaks, what do you do if you don't like what He says? Right? Last week, it, was like, it wasn't like, It's not that I don't get it. I just don't like it, right? And, and so we believe uh, that God does speak primarily through His Word. That's why He sent the, sent the Holy Spirit. You pray, He answers prayers. He may speak through the counsel of others, and He may reveal His will through circumstances. So in general, you can all define that as God speaking, right? But what happens if you don't like what He says? Hmm. Right? How many of you honestly want to hear God's voice? Believe God's voice is the best voice to be hearing out of, out of all the voices you hear in the world, TV, radio. How many of you believe God's voice is the voice you want to hear loud and clear? Keep your hands up. How many of you are willing to do what that voice says? Even if you don't like it. Amen, Susan. I got an amen. Right? Because last week we saw Peter, the Lord spoke, 
literally spoke. They're walking down and say, hey, by the way, guys, let me just clue you in a little bit. Boom, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to I'm going to be raised. He's speaking truth because he loves them and wants them to be prepared. Peter doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like what he hears. And the message last week is, is what do we do when we're earnestly seeking God's truth, God's voice through His Word, and we don't like what we hear necessarily? Our first reaction, right? Our first reaction. And this led into a wonderful discussion last Sunday night at Robert's house, this idea of, I get it, I just don't like it. And I, and I threw out to the guys, I said, hey, any, any, any examples of, of something in the Bible that you don't necessarily like? Right? That, that for, and define that as you like, but just kind of like, uh-huh, right? And as a guy, one of the guys shared uh, the verse from Matthew. If you even look at a woman lustfully to lust after her, you've committed adultery. Right? And so it led into this awesome discussion of men about this idea of lust and adultery. And, 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 and then it kind of, as, as, as the discussion went deeper and deeper, God kind of asked all of us a real hard question. What don't you like about it? What don't you like about that verse? And if there's an issue in your life that you're struggling right now with obedience, if you're struggling with a God's truth in any of your areas of your life, here that same question really can permeate anything that you're struggling with. Hey, um, what don't you like? What is it about that truth, that principle, that command that you don't like. And it, and it was just an awesome time of sharing with the guys because they said, well, you know, I think, honestly, this area of, of, of the flesh and, and lust of the mind and all that thing, put all that aside, you know, how God wired men to be more visual. We talked about all that kind of stuff. In the end, one of the core issues about this issue of, of lust and even pornography and all this kind of stuff in the, in the man's world came down to this. The flesh likes it. It's an issue with the flesh. Why do we sin? One reason we sin, because sin is what? Fun. Pleasurable. It appeals to the flesh. And so one of these the, the reasons that came clear is like, why don't we like that verse about lustful thoughts and adultery? The flesh doesn't like it. Because it requires a choice. It requires a choice to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, say yes to the Spirit, yes to to righteousness, and no to the flesh. That's kind of a a universal challenge we all face. It's not just lust and pornography. Ask yourself right now, if you're struggling in an area where God is speaking to you, is it really an issue? Maybe you don't like it because it's an issue of the flesh. It's an issue of the flesh. Not necessarily that it's just pleasurable, but an issue of the flesh as in fearful. As an issue of the flesh as in pride. An issue of the flesh as in self-reliance. An issue of the flesh as in independence and autonomy. Right? It's, it's a very, very penetrating question because we all say, this is God's Word. Amen? And in fact, someone once, you've heard it before, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth, right? So if it's basic instructions before leaving earth, how many of us believe if we were in the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in faith and obedience, we would have the joyful, 
fulfilled life that Jesus wants for us. How many believe that? But what do we do when we don't like it? Hmm. Right? And, and we're working through that over the next few weeks. And, and that's why I really appreciate Susan's testimony and, and Mark's testimony. Because I've been on mission trips. They're uncomfortable. It's not this. <laughs> you know? And, 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 and here's the thing, though. Sometimes we equate hearing God's voice to going across the world. Sometimes we believe that, that oh, God spoke to me, then I'm going to become a missionary. God spoke to me, and, and I'm supposed to sell everything and move. No, I've learned in 20 years of ministry and in 20-plus years of walking with the Lord, God speaks to you right at home. God's, God's speaking to all of us all the time, just in our daily life, right here in Ojai. Now, sometimes if we're honest, we can, and I'm not saying Mark does this, I'm not saying Susan does this or anyone else, we have to be careful that we don't avoid what God's saying on the home front by listening to God's voice way out here. And so we get real busy traveling and doing all kinds of stuff because we're saying God spoke to us and we're traveling all over the world doing God's work. All the while he's like, hey, you know that thing? I'm still talking to you about it. You know that thing at home you're supposed to be doing? It's still there. Right? Listening to God speak, stepping out in faith and obedience, begins here. Here. Even in the context of, of a local church, I was talking to to uh, the guy I've shared before. I, w- I went to a home fellowship uh, 20 plus years ago. wasn't even a Christian. Nadine invited me to this home fellowship. And the, the host, the guy, the husband, came up and, you know, he gave me this hug. Welcome! Gave me a hug. And I'm like, why are you touching me? You know what I mean? I'm like... You know, this this Christian guy just ex- demonstrating love and then eventually got saved through the home fellowship. Yeah, well, he was at this wedding reception I was at last, last night. And we got to catch up, you know. And he's got to be like, what? You're a senior pastor? What? <laughs> I remember when you came through the door, you weren't even saved, man. So it was it was such a great reunion. And he's a very talented uh, worship leader down in San Diego uh, for his church. and And we were talking about uh, the challenge to just to get, even in the local church to get people engaged to use their gifts. You've heard that kind of as a theme this morning. Use your gifts, right? It, it's not to use your gifts to go across the ocean. Nothing wrong with that. I'm kind of stoked on going to Haiti myself, right? It's, but it's not about there. It starts right here. What is God saying to you here, today, now? Not just I'm not talking about OVC up in your. I'm talking about in your life. In, in, in just every area of life, what is God saying? Because Susan, the, 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 the experience and the joy Susan had, right? How many of you are just like, that's awesome? How many, how many go, I want that? Anyone? You sure? Because it's waiting for you right outside the door. Because <laughs> that same, hold on, Susan, I spoke to you and do this in faith and obedience, that same, ah, right? That's our faith every day. 
That's our faith every day. When we, we wake up, we have our quiet time, we're in the Word, we're walking in the Spirit, we're hearing God speak, and we're responding in faith and obedience every day. Every day. Those kind of trips, I think, can kickstart us and can get really, right, life-changing. But now God's like, Susan, you are different. Be that here. You heard me? I'm still talking, Susan. I'm not going to put you on hold for a year till, till Mark comes knocking again. Right? We think that God puts us on hold for the big stuff. And when the big stuff comes, then, then the red phone rings. Oh, it's God. No, 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 no. He's got your cell phone number. He's calling and texting you 24-7. You know? And that same zeal, that same enthusiasm, that same sense of apprehension, but, but excited apprehension of what's going to happen, can happen every day. If we're open. If we're open to what He's saying right here, right now. That's, that's what it is, right? And, and, and our ultimate example, uh, to look in uh, Matthew 26. What was our most, ultimate example last week? Matthew 26, 39. Right? Jesus in the garden. Let's go to Matthew 26, 36. Again, God reveals His will to Jesus. And what, what, what does Jesus do, right? He doesn't necessarily like it. Matthew 26, 36. Then Jesus went with His disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And He said to, said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with Him. And He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus knew what was coming. He was going to take on the sin of the whole world. He didn't necessarily like it in his humanity. Right? And in fact, he prayed, Father, if there's any way, this doesn't have to happen this way. I'm not liking this in the flesh, in the humanity. My, my, the human part of me is like, ah! And then he says, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you. Question. What is the nevertheless in your life and in my life right now? You see this, this journey. God's speaking to him. He says, hey, I want you to take these next steps. Here's the next steps I want you to take in your life here. And you Father, really? i got to forgive? You really want me to forgive? Ah! Father, you really want me to, to, to be a steward and, 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 and change habits that are ingrained in me and how I grew up? Ah! Right? We, same thing. God's revealing things, next steps for us to take in His will, His plan for us. And we're in, we're in that moment, we're like, oh, Lord, really? Anything but forgive her. I'll give more. I'll serve more. If there's any way I can grow as a Christian and not have to forgive her. Right? What's your nevertheless moment? Where is God speaking to you through His Word? And you're just wrestling. I don't like that. Can 
Can I grow another way? Is there a detour? Say, nope. This is the way. This is the way. That's what he told Jesus. This is the way, Jesus. This is my plan of salvation as revealed through my will. You need to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There is no other way. Nevertheless. What is the nevertheless for you right now? What is it? Is it a relational issue? Financial issue? Something in your mind, your thoughts? Language issue? A habit that only you know, that you think you're the only one that knows, but you know that God knows? Is it, is it a, uh, an obedience even in the context of a church? What's the nevertheless? Because we just had a wonderful testimony of someone who could have given a whole list of anything but Haiti. Haiti? Why'd you have to bring Mark here? My life was fine. Why do I have to grow and go to Haiti? And the bed bugs. And oh, oh, it's just getting worse, Lord. It's getting worse. The more I talk to Mark, the more worse it gets. And Mark just says, you're welcome. Right? <laughs> Nevertheless. Right? And you were hoping that the plane was filled. You were hoping your boss would say no. You were hoping as a, for an out. And when all the outs got eliminated, you had a nevertheless moment. Because the only thing you were left with saying is, I don't want it. So it was either, nevertheless, I don't want it. And that's kind of what it boils down to in our life. It's, it's kind of that simple. The Lord is speaking through His Word. The Lord is revealing things to you in His Word because He loves you. He wants you to grow into Jesus. And, and you have this, okay, scare, fear and trepidation. Nevertheless, I don't want to. And that, that's the choice we, we all face. Me included. I mean, you know, one of the wonderful things about going to the men's group on, on Saturdays is, is in many ways I get to be just one of the guys. You know, and, and, and I get to wear, you know, my running shorts and kind of, you know, I think Mike said, hey man, you come on Sundays, you're just like one of us. Yeah. Truth be told, <laughs> I'm just like one of you. And I have many areas in my life where I'm <sighs> nevertheless make You know, maybe you're like, I don't want to. I'm like, how many of us would lo- make me? Right? Make me. You can't make me. Right? Right? And and this morning, uh, you know, we're, we're going to continue on with this, this whole theme of when God speaks and we have this initial reaction in the flesh. What do we do with that? What do we do with that? And we're going to see next week that, that it come, kind of comes down to this, this issue of authority. We're going to see this, this issue next week, this issue of authority. Because we said we're in a covenant relationship. When you enter a relationship with Jesus Christ, 
And we've heard that it's a, re- it's a relationship. We've seen here before, it's a covenant relationship. And the word for covenant that Jesus uses is a Bill's favorite word. Diatheke. We are in a diatheke. That's the, that's the word for covenant that Jesus used. We said, this is a new covenant in my blood. Diatheke is a covenant relationship of greater to lesser. There was another word for covenant in the Old Testament, and, and in this time was suntheki. Suntheki is me and you are peers, and we're going to bargain. We're going to compromise. We're going to hash out an agreement. That's a suntheki covenant. The Bible teaches when you enter a covenant relationship with God through faith in Christ, you're in covenant, you're His child, but it's diatheki. Greater to lesser. And in a diatheki covenant, the greater sets the terms. You all know this in the Gospel. Who set the terms of the Gospel? God. Think about it. You never, you never realize, you never, if you haven't seen it in terms of covenant, what are the terms... That God set in order to be saved. You are saved by grace through faith. Not by works, lest anyone should boast. In a diatheke covenant relationship, the greater, the king, the sovereign, sets the terms and the lesser says yes or no. There's no negotiation. That's a diatheke covenant. That is the word Jesus uses when he says we're in covenant with God. It still is diatheke. It is greater to lesser. And so one of the things that I have to remember when I'm having one of these nevertheless make me, oh wait, diatheke, greater, lesser. It's an authority issue. It's an authority issue. And we struggle with that in the flesh. Then it comes back to it's a flesh issue. Because how many of you when your mother or dad said, don't touch that, had to touch it one more time. Just had to. Or they say, don't cross that line. You just had to get right to that line. Right? That The law stirs up the flesh. Right? And so this issue of diatheke, we have to settle that. Now, how do you settle that? You realize all that you get when you accept the terms. Amen? <laughs> Remember, he sets the terms for whose benefit? Okay, you've got to say that with a little more enthusiasm. He sets the terms for whose benefit? Ours! Uh, heaven, new creation, indwelling Holy Spirit. Ephesians says every spiritual blessing, everything pertaining to life and godliness is ours. That's his terms. He says, hey, this is a diatheke covenant to bless you. Because I love you. Just receive the terms and submit to the terms. And walk under the terms. Ah, oh, how many have ever had a kid and you're like, if they would just listen, things would be so much easier. If they would just listen, things would be so much easier. Right? Isn't it funny? We're just kids. We're just kids. And our Abba Father loves us so much. He gets us. He knows where we're at. 
He really does. Right? He knows where we are in our developmental stage. He gets you. And he says, hey, I love you. Don't stick the hairpin in the socket. I'm not here to ruin your fun. But if you do that, bad things might happen. Right? Oh, you just don't want me to be fun. You're just here to ruin my life. Don't we do that with God? We just got to flip it. We just got to remember it's diatiki, but it's not this ruler who's waiting for you to mess up with lightning bolts. It's Abba Father. He says, hey, I, I love you. I got a plan for your life. I'm speaking to you through, through my word. You trust me? You trust me? Amen. Oh, now you said sometimes. <laughs> Anyone sometimes? You're not a, like you're not alone. Yeah, we're we're all there. We're all there. It's okay. So we're gonna we're gonna continue with this, right? God speaking, and He puts us in the body of Christ to help one another. Hey, Ken, what's He saying to you, man? Well, he's saying this, and man, I'm just not liking this right now. Can you guys, can you pray for me? Can you help me with this? That, that's what we do, right? Hey, you know, Betty, what's God saying, telling you? Well, I read this verse, and I'm, I'm really convicted about this forgiving thing. Can, can you pray for me? Can you help me learn biblical forgiveness? Sure. He, he puts us in the body of Christ to help one another simply say, nevertheless. And walk together. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, thank You. Thank You for the wonderful testimonies again that remind us that You speak. That remind us that when You speak, it can take us way out of our comfort zone. Even here in Ojai. Even in this body. Even in a marriage. Even in a, with our kids. Even in our jobs. Even with our money. Even with our time. Even with our thought life. When You speak... Out of a diatheke covenant, in the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, we ask you to give us the ability to say, nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. And so, Father, there's nothing hidden from your sight. So this morning, whatever area or areas that, that we're just sort of struggling like Jesus was in the garden, in this time of communion, once again, would you remind us that we're in a diatheke covenant, greater to lesser, that you love us. And as we're reminded of Jesus' submission, Jesus' nevertheless moment, as we hold these cups, maybe, maybe there are many here this morning that would say, okay, Lord, okay, nevertheless. I'm not sure how to do it. I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to ask for counsel. I'm going to ask for prayer. I'm going to make a plan. Whatever is necessary. I don't understand how to do it perfectly just yet. But nevertheless, nevertheless, I'm going to step forward in faith and obedience. Trusting you. Trusting you. So we give you this time of communion. We hold our cups in remembrance of you, Jesus. Amen.